0: Pastor Chooks Ogoye is the Senior Pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs, Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in Marketplace Ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye.
1: Hi, good evening. Welcome to another edition of our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. Tonight is episode number 21. And I'm so grateful to God for the opportunity to share God's word and to bring understanding to the body of Christ and bring illumination to the subjects that we have dealt with. Tonight we are going deeper and we trust God for illumination, for grace, that the teacher himself will teach us his word in Jesus' name. Father, we we commit tonight and ask that you bless our time together. Help me to unpack and teach your word that your people may understand in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, tonight I want to take some questions. Um, I've had a number of questions come in. So I'm just going to be taking them. Uh, I believe in answering these questions. um, I'm helping illuminate our understanding concerning the goodness of God. So this one says, Pastor, you said that what we experience of God is what we can present to the world. How does one reach the level of experience and tasting of the goodness of God so that they can dispense of what they have experienced to others. Right, that's a very good question and I'm going to answer that question from John chapter 6 verse 9. John chapter 6 verse 9. Before I read John chapter 6 verse 9. Okay, let me do so. Let me read it. And then he said there is a lad here who has 5 loaves five barley loaves, and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Now, the principle here is... Many times we are waiting until we have a mega huge testimony... before we can share of the goodness of God in our lives. That is not a scriptural principle. I've even had people, you know... Oh, pastor, I've got a testimony... But I'm going to wait until it's, you know, it's big, it's full, then I can share it. That's not the, the spirit of, you know, um, the New Testament. We shouldn't do that. You know, everything that God does for you, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Give thanks for it. Jesus prayed for, for 10 lepers. They got healed. But only one recognized, oh, I'm healed. Even though, yes, I'm healed, but I'm not made whole. You must understand, leprosy eats up your limbs. So they got healed, meaning the, the source stopped. But made whole is that the fingers grew out. Now, the one guy came back to say thank you for what he had seen. He came back to acknowledge the goodness of God at the level that he has seen it. And then that acknowledgement is what brought. The fullness of the testimony. It's same thing. Everything that God is doing in your life is an opportunity for you to testify. It's an opportunity for you to share the goodness of God. So if you're waiting until you have a mega, huge, humongous testimony of the manifestation of goodness, the goodness of God in your experience, before you can open your mouth and share, you will miss the boat. You will miss the bus. Now, in, in John chapter 6, a little boy. Apparently, it must have been that they announced... that, hey, we need to feed the crowd. We need to feed the crowd. The Bible says there were 5,000 men... besides women and children. I, I can imagine this 8-year-old... or 10-year-old... or however old that child was... you know, coming forward with what he had. He, little did he know that what he had... was going to be the miracle of the day. He just had. we need to feed the crowd... Hey, let's not send these people away hungry. Let's give them something to eat. He brought his food and said, maybe I can share with someone else. He had no idea that Jesus was going to take the little he had and multiply that little to feed the multitude. He didn't, he had no idea. So he just presented what he had and God kicked in and began to multiply what he had. Can I say to you, the small testimony, you call it small, but it's not small the small testimony that you have, can you present that testimony of the goodness of God? That's where it starts growing. That you prayed, you had a headache, and you prayed for yourself, and the headache disappeared. That's a testimony of the goodness of God. I know it's not dramatic. I know it's not outlandish. It's not as, you know, dramatic as, oh, I prayed for HIV, and HIV is gone. I prayed for stage 4 cancer, and stage 4 cancer disappeared i know it's not that but do you know the same power that heals stage four cancer is exactly the same power that fixes a toothache it's true it's the same power so if you had a toothache and you prayed lay the hands on yourself or lay hands on somebody and toothache disappeared, testify because the same power when you acknowledge it in the toothache it will work in cancer when you acknowledge it in toothache it will work in hiv it will, it will work in other terminal conditions. That's the way the power of God works. So we're not going to wait. Alright? So, so you use what you have and make it available for God to use it. There's something about our testimonies that touches people's lives. It's important that we share our testimony. There's something about what God has done that causes a multiplier effect in other people who are listening. Because faith is provoked in other people when they hear you talk about the goodness of God. Oh, you, 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 you are traveling and, you know, God came through for you in the most miraculous and most amazing way during your trip. Testify. Share that testimony. Be bold. Create a, YouTube, a, a, a Facebook live and share it. Thank God for technology these days. Everybody has the audience of the world. Just share your testimony on your Facebook page. Yes! Of the goodness of God. Just take it to a live video and say, I, I'm sharing this testimony. You'll be surprised what God can do with that testimony. You'll be surprised who God can change with that testimony. You'll be surprised who God can bring into the kingdom with that testimony. Every one of us, instead of sitting there and, you know, and just make, doing it, making it look like it's small. Oh, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> Somebody Somebody bought a house. And I say, let's let's, bless it. I say, ah, Pastor, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, I don't need to testify about it. No, we need to testify of everything that God has done for you. No matter how small or how insignificant you think it is, it is worthy of celebration. It's worthy of, of, and remember, it's what you testify that multiplies. Can you see, if you're in a church where somebody always gives a testimony, the same person always gives testimonies. And you begin to wonder, "Ah, are you the only one in this church? Are you the only one that God is doing something for? But the truth is that because they are acknowledging the little things, they are seeing more, they are seeing more, they are seeing more. So if you are not acknowledging little things and and presenting them in the hands of God to multiply them, to use them to feed the multitudes, it will not multiply. It is the sharing that creates multiplication. Let me say it again. Is the sharing that grace multiplies. So share your testimony and it will multiply in your life. Share your testimony of God's goodness in little things. You lost a pen and you prayed and you found it. Yes, it may look mundane, but it's something significant. Didn't Jesus tell us the story of a woman who lost coin, a coin out of a you know a bunch of coins that she had? And Jesus took time to tell us the story of how that woman swept the whole house looking for one coin. And you you may think it's an unnecessary and insignificant testimony. But Jesus told the story as a parable. What am I saying? No testimony is too small. Always acknowledge. See, you can can start this practice. Where at the end of every day, you take an inventory of the goodness of God that you have seen. Someone was nice to you. Someone was kind to you. Someone gave you a hug that was so warm. Acknowledge it. Someone spoke kindly to you. Someone forgave you for a, a slip-up or a, a mistake. Someone, you know, those are little goodness, little, but they're not so little, good, a, a instances of the goodness of God that you experience. Acknowledge it. Write it down. Take your time to acknowledge it. At the end of the week, look at seven days has passed. Look at how much goodness I have seen. Do you know what you're doing to your own consciousness? You are growing an attitude of gratitude You are growing an attitude of celebrating goodness. You are growing a habit of celebrating goodness. Before you know it, you are just going to be seeing goodness everywhere. Because there is actually goodness in your life right now. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy follows you every day of your life. So every day of your life, you are seeing the goodness of God. You want to amp it. How do you amp it? Acknowledgement. How do you amp it? Confession, testify, speak it with your mouth. That's how you amp it. That's how you you uh, you, you explode it. So, so start a little habit now where you just every day before you sleep write the things that God has done for you. Or in the morning when you wake up, think about your day before and acknowledge the goodness of God. Start it, it's called a gratitude journal. Buy a notebook, buy a diary a gratitude journal. Just just write gratitude journal and just begin to journal the things that God is doing for you. Do you know that in marriages, if spouses, marriage partners, did this to acknowledge the goodness and the kindness that they experience in their spouses, do you know the criticisms will drop? Because when you focus on the goodness, you see less of the weakness. It's true. When you focus on the goodness, you see less of the weakness. If you are always acknowledging and affirming the good things, before you know it, you don't see any of the bad things anymore. You don't see them. Not Maybe they may not disappear, but you're not seeing them because you are looking out for good. You are consistently looking out for good. Oh, they were, you know, they, they, they picked up the toothbrush and put it back. They picked up the underwear and washed it. They ironed for you. They, you know, they opened the door. Whatever goodness in little things, start acknowledging them, and you're going to see them multiply. Hallelujah. All right. The next question. No, no. Before before I take the next question, uh, I jotted something here. In Isaiah chapter 1, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient. One of the ways that you experience the increasing goodness of God is obedience to the voice of the Spirit. Obedience to the voice of the Spirit. You know, in little instructions, the Spirit of God tells you to embark on. Please obey them, Because if you're willing and you're obedient, you will eat the good of the land. There is goodness that is unlocked By obedience. God tells you to sow a seed. Go ahead and obey that instruction. It may be a small seed, but do it. Because it is those subtle little acts of obedience that produce huge results. Oh, I've seen that in my life. You know, when instructions come, I pick it up in my spirit. God says, sow the seed. It may may not be convenient. In fact, a lot of times it's not convenient. What I've seen, when I obey, bam, bam, bam. You know, big seeds harvest come because of little obedience. So if you want to see the goodness of God in big measures in your life, just obey little instructions. You know, you get a nudge in your spirit to call somebody. Go ahead and call them. You get a nudge in your spirit to do something for somebody. Go ahead and do it. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. God wants His goodness to flow out of the land to you. Let me say that again. God wants every one of us to harvest His goodness from the land. There's goodness in the land. There is goodness in anywhere you are. There's goodness in the land. When you walk, when you step on the streets and walk, just think about what I'm saying. There's goodness in the land that God wants to bless your life and flood your life with. The good of the land is coming to you. The good of the land is coming to you. And the way to unlock the good of the land. If you are willing. And if you are obedient. If you are willing and you are obedient. Let's be willing. Not grudgingly. Willingly. Let's be willing and let's be obedient. Instructions that the spirit of God gives you. Just obey them. And you will see the good of the land. yielding to you. I say it again. God is pouring his goodness from the land. Into your labs. Then he prophesied to somebody. I declare that the good of the land pours into your life. The good of the land pours into your life. This week we are entering. You will see multiple testimonies of the good of the land pouring into your lives. Strangers you don't know will come to bless you. People you don't know. Acquaintances that you had not seen in a long time. They will rise up this week and bless you. Because God wants to pour his goodness from the land. To you, hallelujah I believe there are resources and treasures in the land, all kinds of resources human resources, natural resources all kinds of things that are in the land that God wants to send your way to bless you, I prophesy in the name of Jesus that the land yields its increase to you this week, that goodness will come to you even as you obey the voice of the spirit, amen alright let me go to the next one he says, How does believing in the goodness of God affect our relationship with Him? Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. He says, Can two walk together except they agree? Can two walk together except they are agreed? Two cannot walk together except they are in some agreement. See, how much you can walk with God, how much God can flow His goodness through you to the world is determined by the level of agreement. So let's say agreement is in degrees, and you're only agreeing with God only 10 over 100, or 1 over 10. It's only to that extent that the goodness of God can flow out from God to you. Because there's only 10% agreement. So goodness can only come out in your life only 10%. But someone else agrees with God 90%. They agree with God concerning um, every blessing that that redemption delivered to us. Every blessing that Calvary delivered to us. They agree. They agree in divine healing. They agree in deliverance. They agree in prosperity. They agree in increase. They agree in immortality. They agree... And because they are in agreement with God, God works with them to manifest these same things that they agree on through them to the world. God cannot use you to heal the sick if you don't believe that God heals the sick. So the goodness of God concerning bodily healing can flow from you to another person who is sick. Because you don't believe it. God cannot walk through you. Remember, we are vessels and instruments on the earth for God to flow through us, for God to walk through us. So when we don't agree, His grace can't flow. God can show mercy through you when you're not merciful. If you're mean and uh, you know, and, and, and uncompassionate, God can't flow compassion through you. If you're always judgmental of people, mercy can flow through you. So, so the extent to which we agree with God, to that extent God flows through us. So if I don't believe that God is good... Let me tell you what it is. I'm going to be walking with God with suspicion. When I if I believe, for instance, that God wants to, or that God can break my head so that He can do something. Do you know that when I'm walking with God, I'll be suspicious of Him. Are you about to heat? Are you about to eat? Are you about to eat? And that's the picture some people have. I, I hear the man of God talk about. The experience that Moses had on his way from from um, the wilderness of Midian, the land of Midian, going back to to Egypt to deliver the people. Remember that instance when you know um, an angel of the Lord in in encounter. No, it's no, not encounter. No, that's the I'm looking for. Yeah, there was there was this situation where Moses was almost killed by an angel. Because he did not circumcise the son. Yeah. And his wife had to intervene. And did it. And saved Moses from dying. And I heard somebody. Refer to that. You know. It was God that sent Moses to go and deliver the children of Israel. And on his way. God wanted to kill him. And he painted a picture of God. To be this wicked mean. (laughs) Heartless person who sends you. On a mission and you obey. And he wants to kill you inside. And why would the person interpret that? Because they have not understood this thing that I've been teaching for the last 21 days. They have not understood the goodness of God. So you would think, you know, and, and say that. So the picture of that is that if God sent you an assignment, be very careful. Be very careful. God doesn't take nonsense. Be very careful. He will smash you on the head. He will kill you while he sent you. Ah! That's so horrible. That is so, so horrible. You must believe the heart of the loving father that people think that of him. How do you walk with somebody who you suspect wants to poison you and kill you? No, really think about it. How do you walk with someone like that? You'll be tiptoeing around and you'll never leave a drink and go to the toilet. You can never leave your food with someone who you think, suspect, wants to kill you. You won't. You will never leave them in your house alone. If you think that someone wants to do you in, you're not, you're not going to be um, 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 easy you know, around them. You'll you, you, you be careful, you'll be over cautious. This is what happens when we don't understand the goodness of God. We become suspicious of God. So that our relationship with Him is not that of love and trust. The relationship with Him is that of suspicion is that of cowering around God. And do you know that that is not consistent with righteousness? What is righteousness? Righteousness is the ability to stand before God without any sense of inferiority, shame, or fear. That's what righteousness is. When you're able to stand and walk with God with no sense of shame, with no sense of fear, with no sense of condemnation, with no sense of guilt, with no sense of inferiority, that's what it means to walk in righteousness. And God, the Bible says, He has blessed us with the gift of righteousness. It's a gift we receive. We have it. So if we're going to walk in righteousness, then we we can't we can't have suspicions about God that God wants to do us in, that God wants doesn't want to help. You know, God is indifferent. This is where a lot of people are stuck because there is a subconscious belief God is indifferent to your plight. You know, you know that God can do it, but you are not sure He will do it. Because you don't trust him. You don't think he has your best interest at heart. If you know how much he loves you. And understand his goodness towards you. And how much he really wants to deliver you. You will not be afraid that he will not pay the bill. You will not be afraid that he will not come through. You are afraid because somewhere inside. Hey. hey, We are not sure God will come through. Hey. This God. You know sometimes he answers. Sometimes he doesn't. You know sometimes. you know, And people don't help matter. When people say things like, you know, God says answers or prayers, sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says, you know, uh, I don't know what they're saying. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20, He said, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes. So if you believe in the promises of God, the answer is yes. If you ask according to what God promised, He said yes. He said yes. Let's, let's stop, you know, allowing the traditions of men and ignorance hinder us. And now we have this suspicion between us and God. The relationship God wants to have with you, let me tell you what it is. is a love relationship. is a father-son love relationship where you are free before your father. I say, come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Not come with timidity. Come boldly. Make your request known unto God. How many times is God gonna say it? Is not when I hear what you have to say? Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help to help help for the time of need. Come boldly, don't be tippy around God. He has your best interest at heart, he loves you, he wants to help you. Let's learn to come boldly. So we need to agree. This is why we need to improve the picture. Of God that we have in our hearts. We need to improve that picture. We can't continue to feel like God is just mean, hard, unapproachable, you know, unreliable, inconsistent person. Those are not his character. Is the enemy painting that picture of your father to you, blackmailing your father to you? So that you don't trust him. Why is it that we don't trust God? Why do we struggle to trust God? Because we have a picture that is wrong. See, if you don't know me, you will struggle to trust me. It's true. If you don't know me, you'll struggle. You know, and it's amazing how people form very wrong impressions of you. Have you ever been in a conversation? People are describing you, and you know this is not me. They don't know me. If you knew me, you wouldn't be saying what you're saying. It's because they don't know you. So, and people have those impressions because they saw something. And that thing corresponds with something, a preconceived idea they have in their head. Oh, I see that happen all the time. When people come from other churches and join my church, they sometimes superimpose the picture they had of the pastor they were under before and they think I'm like that. I've seen that so many, many times. And, and they think all oh, pastors are like this. <laughs> Let's not blackmail God and allow a wrong picture to rob us of enjoying God's goodness. Hallelujah. Alright, let me take let me take another one, maybe a quick short one. Yeah. Alright, this one says if Jesus was the true expression of God, why did not all the people around him at the time of his ministry on earth Believe and receive him. Let me tell you why. John chapter 1 verse 11. John chapter 1 verse 11. This is John 1 11. Let me read the scripture. Okay, the Bible says, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. He came to his own, And his own did not receive him. Why didn't his own receive him? Let me tell you why. They had wrong pictures of what the Messiah should look like. They misunderstood the Bible. And so when they compared what they were seeing of Jesus and what they think, they rejected it because it didn't match. And let me tell you who was behind it, Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 said the God of this world blinded the eyes of those who do not believe. He blinded their minds. So, so the enemy blinds people's minds not to accept the help that God is sending to them. And now, now what I'm saying is so true. It's not just even for Jesus while he was on earth. Exactly that's what happened while he was on earth. The enemy stopped people from receiving him. Because the enemy blinded their mind. But you know the same thing applies today. God sends you destiny helpers. But the enemy can blind your mind from receiving those destiny helpers. So the goodness of God that is supposed to flow through, through them to you is blocked. Because the enemy blinds your mind. The enemy lies to you about them and you reject them. And you reject the people God sent to you. And instead of you to receive them and embrace them. And and take what God gave them to give you, you block them. So the goodness is not flowing, the power of God is not flowing. Meanwhile, they carry your miracle, meanwhile, they carry your breakthrough, but you they can't get to you because you didn't receive them. Imagine if the day that God sent Ananias in Acts chapter 9 to go and pray for a man called Saul, and you know, God told Saul, I have you know spoken to somebody, and somebody is coming. Imagine if. When Ananias came to Saul, and Saul said, no, 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 I'm not seeing you. I'm not, no, no, I'm not going to allow you to pray for me. And, you know, Saul would have remained blind. Saul would have remained blind. Maybe his ministry would never have taken off. There are destiny helpers, God says to you. You must open your heart to receive them. See, the enemy will try to blackmail and speak evil of people who God sent to you to help you. And sometimes pride, pride can stop you from receiving them. Pride can make you reject them. And you're not able to receive what they brought. And your suffering continues. And you're going around and round in wilderness continues. Because the person God sent, you rejected them. So the enemy does that. This is why you've got to be free of prejudices. There are many people who are still single today because of prejudice. Oh, I can never marry a Zulu man. Who told you that? Who told you that? Hey, I can never marry a white man. Who told you? Who is that what God spoke to you? Did God tell you that your husband is not a white man? But now you have used prejudice to block the love, the greatest, the greatest person that God would have sent to you to love you and look after you. But now, you have used canal things to block them out and they are there and you are still single crying you are still single mourning because you rejected what God has sent to you there are many people who are in positions and in places God has sent your help but you block them you block them with your prejudice I will never marry a man who doesn't have a car hey hey is that in the Bible and then you are running after the person who has 10 cars but do you know he can lose everything in one night? Why, why do we allow feeble things? He can lose everything one night. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't allow prejudice. So prejudice is what stopped the people from receiving Jesus, receiving ministry. The goodness of God is all around you right now. But your prejudice can be hindering the vessels that God has sent. It's a very powerful prayer to pray that the Lord will deliver you from prejudice. So that you don't stop the people that God sent to help you. And you continue your problems, And but you've already blocked them out of your life. You said, no, I don't want them, I don't want them. But they are the ones that God sent to help you. And they are here crying, I haven't seen any goodness. God, when are you going to come through for me? No, your help was at the gate, you turned them back. You walked them away. Naaman. Naaman. Came to Elisha, they told him what to do. He said, "Ah, no, 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 no," and he walked away. And he would have been, he would have died a leper. Thank God that he had servants around him who persuaded him otherwise to go and obey simple instruction. Prejudice, pride can stop you from receiving. The channel through which the goodness of God is supposed to manifest. Jesus was a channel for the manifestation of the goodness of God to his generation. But the people around him, people who lived in his time, rejected him. Even foreigners had to come from far. A Syrophoenician woman was a foreigner had to come from afar to come and receive healing. People in his village could not receive his ministry. Bible said in his village in Mark chapter 6, he did not mighty works, he, did, he didn't do many mighty miracles in his village. Why prejudice, familiarity? Ah, what is this carpenter? He's not gonna do it, and they rejected the goodness of God flowing. So may we not turn away and turn turn off the people, the channels through which the goodness of God is supposed to manifest. I'm done for tonight. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful for an opportunity. ...to receive the vessels that you have sent in... ...this week, this week... ...to come and deliver your goodness to us. Father Lord, we repent now... ...of prejudice. People we have turned away... ...people we have turned off... ...in our lives. People that you sent... ...to help us, to assist us... ...to to deliver goodness... ...to us... ...and we rejected them. Lord, tonight we repent... ...of rejecting them. We repent... ...of turning them off and we ask in the name... ...of Jesus that they... ...Lord, opportunities we missed... That they, they, those opportunities be returned to us, be restored to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. We give you praise. This week, we will see your goodness, even in measures that we haven't seen before. In Jesus' mighty name. And somebody said, "A big amen. Amen. All right. I am done. There's a number on the screen. That's the number to reach us. Plus Plus two seven eight one four two one zero eight three five. 2781410835. Please send us a message. Um, if this broadcast blessed you, just send us a WhatsApp number. Just send us a WhatsApp and um, we'll be glad to connect with you. We are on YouTube. Please locate us on our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the notification button so that you can get um, our future broadcasts and uploads onto our channel. Hallelujah. Also, I want to encourage you. Um. Uh, if you want the audio file, this audio file, want it an, as an audio format, we, will, we are happy to send it to you at the end of the broadcast. Just send us a WhatsApp message requesting that we send you the audio file and we'll be glad to do so. All right. Um, um, by the coming Friday, we are going to continue the relationship seminar or webinar. We had an awesome time last Friday. Uh, for those who registered and participated, they, it was amazing. And we're going to continue because it was so much flowing and we, we continue this coming Friday. So I want you to register if you would like to participate and be part of that webinar. It's free, but you need to register. And we will see you tomorrow, 7 p.m. South African time. we continue on the goodness of God.
0: There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website.reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.